The previous Mishnah mentioned the halacha that we learned in the beginning of the Mesechta, that is, the exemption of a tzaras erva. That is, that if a man was married to two women, one of whom is erva to this man's brother, for example, she is the brother's daughter, if the first brother dies without any children, and so now these widows fall for even consideration to the surviving brother, the halach is that not only is there obviously no yibam between the surviving brother and the widow who is erva to him, his own daughter, obviously he can't marry her, but the tzara's erva as well. This other widow who fell in yibam with the erva woman is totally exempt from yibam chalitza from the surviving brother as if she too were erva to him. It's a kind of you know, guilty by association thing that somehow the ervaness you know, just spreads from the actual erva widow to a co-wife to exempt that co-wife from Yim or Chalitza. But the previous Mishnah reiterated the halacha that we learned in the beginning of the Masechda, that this exemption only applies in the event that the erva widow was in fact still married to the mace, the brother who eventually dies, when he did pass away. However, the marriage between the mace brother and the erva wife was dissolved before his death, then the remaining widow is not to erva to the surviving brother, would fully be subject to the mitzvah yibam. The surviving brother would have a mitzvah, an obligation to either do yibam or chalitza before she can marry somebody else. For this halach of tzara serif only applies where the co-wife did in fact fall in yibam along with the erva widow. It is, they're both they're still married to this man up until the moment of his death. This Mishnah makes the following point. The event that we have, let's call him Reuven and Shimon. Reuven was married to one woman, Shmrinza, who is not related, not Erva of Shimon. And then, potentially, possibly, Reuven was also married to Basia, who is Shimon's daughter, as of the moment of Reuven's death. But actually, we're not sure if Reuven was in fact married to Basia as well, Shimon's daughter as well, at the moment of his death. Because there was either a question about whether the original marriage between Ruvain and Basia was valid to begin with, or Ruvain might have successfully divorced Basia before his death. So what is the halach in such a case? The Mishnah rules her, The widow, that Ruvain definitely was married to at the time of his death, who was not heir to Shimon, we're calling Shrinza, she will need Chalitza from Shimon before she can marry somebody else, but at the same time, Shimon cannot marry her through Yibam. She needs to be released through Chalitza because of the possibility that she didn't fall in Yibam to Shimon as Tzara of his erva, Tzara of Basa, because maybe Reuven wasn't married to Basa at the time he died. In which case, Shrinza would be just a regular Yibam who falls in Yibam, who is eligible for Yibam, which means that she's bound to the Yibam, to Shimon. She can't marry somebody else without the benefit of either Yibam or Chalitza. But at the same time, in this case, Shimon can't actually perform Yibam with Shrinza due to the possibility that Ruvain was also married to Basia at the time of his death, in which case Basia would then be at Tsar Serafa. She would be totally exempt from Yibam. And as we've seen many times, if Yibam is exempt from Yibam, that means that it goes back to the normal status, which is that uh, one's brother's wife, whether his brother's alive or not, is erva to him. 
how it switches from being a mitzvah to a serious prohibition in Yisrochari. So since it's possible that Basi is strictly forbidden to Shimon as it's our serva that knocks out the mitzvah, so she becomes erva to Shimon, Shimon may not go ahead and perform the yibum. The mission provides examples of how you could have such a case, starting with Ketzat Safi Kedushin. What would be an example of where there's a question about the original marriage between Ruvain and Basia, who was, let's say, Shimon's daughter, or some other erva to Shimon? How do you have such a case? The Mishnah says, for example, Zarak Lo Kedushin, let's say Ruvain had proposed Kedushin to Basia, said, that, will you marry me if I give you this object of value? I'm going to throw this a ring to you. Basia agreed. And Ruvain and Basia were standing exactly eight almost apart. He through the ring, and it landed somewhere around the line that's equidistant to the two, meaning, you know, four amas from both of them. And so it's Safik Karav Lo, Safik Karav Lo. It was unclear whether it landed closer to him within his four amas, or closer to her, than her Basia's four amas. If it did, then she would have become equidestious to him. person can acquire if something is in that person's four amas radius, but uh, the witnesses couldn't tell, or let's say we have you know, conflicting pairs of witnesses, whether in fact it got you know, close enough to Basia for to acquire the ring and thereby become a Kudeshis to Ruvain. Zehu Safi Kedushin. This would be a case where, okay, we have a halacha uncertainty as to whether Ruvain and Basia actually got married, and as a result, we have the ruling above that upon Ruvain's death, Shimon would release the uh, definite widow Shprinza who is you know, not ever to Shimon with Chalitza, but he can't perform the Yibam with her as explained above. And the Mishnah says, Safi Gershon will be an example of a, a questionable divorce. We could just do a similar case as described above, where Ruvain definitely married Basia, but then subsequently had attempted to divorce her by throwing a get towards her. But once again, it was unclear as to whether it landed close enough to her for that to affect divorce. You know, did it actually land within her four amos? The mission provides other examples where we would have the same bottom line ruling that you know, because of a problem with the divorce, it, uh, as we'll see, creates an appearance that the divorce never worked, which would mean that Shprinza did fall in even to Shimon as Tsar Serva. And to less people think that she's a Tsar Serva, we don't want to let Yim and less people walk away thinking that you could do even to your Tsar Serva. The examples here are as follows these are all examples where the get is kosher on the biblical level, but not on the rabbinic level. For example, Say the husband himself wrote the get for Basia, but no witnesses signed on it. Or, Witnesses signed on the get, but it wasn't dated. It was dated, but it was only signed by one witness, and this time was written in the Sofer's handwriting. All these cases... On the biblical level, it's a kosher get, but not on the rabbinic level. Zehu Savigershin, these two would be considered Savigershin, meaning not in the sense that we're not sure if the divorce occurred. We actually are certain that this was a valid divorce on the biblical level, and thus on the biblical level, Shprinza falls in Yibam, she's eligible for Yibam, because Basim was no longer married to Ruve at the time of his death. But since there was a problem with the get, people might have the impression that it wasn't a valid divorce. And so if we would actually greenlight Yibam, people may walk away with the terribly mistaken impression that you could do Yibam to Tsar Serva. They'll think, oh look, there's a problem with the divorce, that means 
that Reuven was still married to Vasya at the time of his death. So Shmirza was a Tsar Sarev at the time of Reuven's death. And yet the rabbis permitted Yibam also, I guess, you do Yibam to your Tsar Sarev. And that, of course, would be a terrible mistake. And therefore, the Rabban said that in practice, we don't allow Yibam in this case. Rather, Shmirza is released through Chalitza. been listening to realclairdaf.com. Visit us online for resources or to dedicate a shear. To speak with Rabbi Wise, call 855-ASK-RCD1. That's 855-275-7231.